New Black Nation, your political digest with a Black conservative twist. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of New Black Nation podcast. I'm Brandon Wang. Gregory Victorin. And we are so excited to bring you our first episode of season two of our podcast segments. As we mentioned on our last episode in season one, we are going to be focusing season two on solutions. And we'll be going back to some of the themes that we use throughout our podcast season one to really kind of talk about what we feel could be some common sense solutions for moving forward uh, on a lot of these issues that we face today. Um, so to start it off, you know, we just love to start with a bang and just start with the most controversial topic as possible. Um, and that's actually going to be um, racism in America. And, you know, how do we move forward from racism and how do we as a black community, you know, move forward um, as a community and, and thrive, you know, under these markets. And obviously, as our podcast is, we have more conservative leading themes. And sometimes there's some socialism brought in there from Greg. But um, definitely, it, it creates a good kind of balance of, you know, what we're looking for in terms of solutions. Um, so in traditional faith of our podcast, I'll start it out by kind of posing the question to Greg and uh, seeing how he feels about it. And then I'll give some commentary as well. Um, so Greg, how do you, uh, what do you feel will be the step forward for us as a community of black people um, to get over racism or at the very least be able to finally, you know, pack up and move beyond it and get on with our lives and start being more successful overall? Well, the way I look at it, right? If we look at our history, We've been talking about racism for over a hundred years. And if all this time, all we've been talking about is racism, racism, and the people that we've been complaining about racism have not done nothing about racism, now it's time for you to find a solution so you could do it for yourself, even though racism exists, you could still do things for yourself where you don't have to depend on the people that you call racist so you could be more independent of yourself. So, because it doesn't make no sense for us to be talking about racism all these years in, in, in 2020 for us to still be having conversation of racism. They, they have to come a point on time where we'll be like, okay, you know, although I know racism exists, let me not focus on, on racism and let me focus on myself and my family or what I could do to become above racism and move forward. And these are the kind of things that, you know, we need to start thinking about, you know, uh, stop, you know, being the victim, stop playing the victim role, because at the end of the day, you know, we're just pushing ourselves back uh, um, uh, uh, in time and we're not um, pushing ourselves forward. We need to be moving forward. We need to be focusing, you know, on what we can do, you know, um, to stay focused and to become financially independent and think for ourselves and move forward. So what do you think is stopping us from becoming financially independent and focusing on ourselves? You know, why do you think we as a part two to that question, why do you think we always have feel the need to seek approval from white people, you know, to live in our own country? You know, why can't we just, you know, do our own thing as we've always done, you know, despite the odds? Because we are broken. Um, we are not conditioned to think for ourselves. Um, we were not um, trained to do for ourselves. Um, you know, when Dr. King was fighting for um, black liberation, 
when the welfare system came apart, a lot of black Yankee thinking that uh, they they did all the work already, their ancestors fought already, so they some of them believe that they don't have to do nothing; they just have to sit and collect a check from the government. So when you have that mentality, all you have to do is just sit, collect your check. So you really don't have any agenda to do anything more uh, for yourself because with that check coming in and you have free housing, you're thinking that you have everything you need. In reality, what that does is, you know, put you back, you know, a hundred times backward because you're not moving forward with everybody else. You're not educating yourself because you're sitting here depending on people to do for you. If you look at people that come from different countries, black people that come from different countries, they they, they more likely uh, have the chance and opportunity to be more successful than someone that was born here. Why? Because where they came from, where we came from, you know, we know what hard work is. We know what being hungry is. We know what education is. So our parents make sure that they, they, they implant education in us because they know that's the way to the future. So when we come here, we didn't come to hang out or, you know, to have a, a luxury, you know, watching this, watching. No, they come focused. They come to work and build something so their family, their children could be better. So it's, it's a different mentality with um, amongst the black people. Right. No, 100 percent. And I think, you know. You hit the nail on the <clears throat> and hit the nail on the head when you spoke about people feeling in this place where they felt, well, no, this is now the responsibility of of white people or responsibility of the government to um, take care of my life and make sure that my life is good and make sure that you know the the road is paved for me as an individual or as a black person, and I think that is has been very detrimental to to us as a group um we can see that very contrary um in africa right so in africa we are extremely proud you know um and it's like we're extremely proud of who we are we're extremely part of our culture we're extremely proud of you know the our ability to think and critically think and 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 invent and to create businesses you know there's nothing that you can't tell a, a, an african you know about themselves they have this conviction unwavering conviction um that they are on their shit and they are just as qualified and just as skilled and just as ready to do something and work hard as anyone else in this world is. Um, you know, I think we need to kind of, as a community, work to channel some of that confidence, you know, because I think there's a huge lack in confidence. And I think that because so, for so many years, particularly after that LBJ situation and the change and in introduction of welfare, you know, we have been constantly taught, you know, that you are consistently oppressed. You are consistently not good enough. You are, you know, no one is, you, you're never going to get an, a leg forward because of your skin color. You know, so if you're telling people this for generations, what do you think people, how do you think people are going to feel? Like, I mean, for at the end of the day, what the hell is the point then? If I'm so oppressed and there's nothing I can do to change my situation and be successful in this country, then why in the hell would I ever care about actually doing it, you know, or doing anything productive? And, you know, I really, truly, and ultimately feel that is the heart of our problems. We have a lot of things going on in our community you know, that we're working on, but that's definitely one. We have to get our confidence back. We have to start realizing the amazing potential of Black excellence and, and Black ingenuity and Black confidence and Black determination. 
Well, I would start this way, right? Though, first of all, right, all these things that we just discussed, I had people that told me all of it. My teachers told me that I would never amount to nothing uh, and stuff like that. Um, the way I, I looked at it, I, I had always looked at it. You know, if, if, if I give you, the teacher, more value than myself, yes, everything that that person say, I'm going to believe it. I believe the work start at the home, you know. Um, just because someone have the ability to have kids doesn't mean that they should have kids. And that's what's happening in our neighborhood. When kids is having kids and you yourself are not educated yourself, um, you are not proper, uh, pro uh, properly ready to have a kid. Um, you were not educated yet yourself. You had to drop out of school. All these things um, create a broken society. So when, when these kids don't have self-confidence on themselves, you don't make them believe in themselves and their ability to do for themselves. Um, so it's easy for someone to tell them these things and for them to you know, um, believe it because they didn't have a strong structure to begin with. Now, you take some, some kid that have a strong structure, you could tell them anything. It will just bounce, you know, bounce off them because they know who they are. So 95% of our children, unfortunately, they don't know who they are. They don't have a strong foundation. You know, they don't have a great, great, great mother no more to be there to support them, to tell them right from wrong. Um, they don't have those kind of structures. So it's easy for their mind to be manipulated because the mother is too busy doing her thing. The father is out of the house doing his thing. No one is watching over those kids. They're growing, you know, watching the TV or the home is in the corner. So their mind is not built strongly. So it's a weak mindset. Um, you know, and they could easily be manipulated. If it's not by someone that's bringing them down, it could be from the thug in the corner that's using them to go do crime or to do, um, sell drugs. All these things um, happens because the kids do not have a strong mindset and their mind is easy to be manipulated by other people. Yeah their media, the other people. There's so many different things that are manipulating people on a daily basis, you know, and there's really not a lot of counter narrative to really help these kids realize that, hey, you can do anything you want to do. You just have to work really hard at it. You know, and I don't remember ever hearing those type of messages in American, the American public school system, you know, for the amount of time that, that I was in the American public school system, you know, I never really remember hearing that you can do whatever you want to do. Oh, like, no. If you really think, if you really think about it, like really, really sit there and think about it, you know, when have we ever been told that ever? Never. In school. <laughs> We've never been, never. it has never been said. I've never heard anyone say Brandon you can do anything you want to do so long as you put your mind to it except except on the conservative side yeah it is only until I came over to the crazy Trump supporting racist side that I was for the first time able to see in my life Brandon, you are extremely intelligent and you are going to go very far and you can do many things. I've never heard it anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, of course, my mother, you know, but, you know, th that that's an obvious. But, <laughs> but, I mean, in all of the institutions that actually matter, like outside of the parental institution. I've never heard it. Me, me, me neither. And, 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 and to tell you the truth, right? Um, if you look at it, right? Um, 
even at the job, you know, in, in the workplace. Black people, we so oppressed um, in our own mind. Uh, we go against our own kind, you know, for anything to please, you know, um, themselves or their boss or whatever the case may be, right? A lot of, um, you know, um, Democrats, they don't even know what the word Democrats stand for. They don't, they don't even know the, the definition of the word, what it means. They just go along because that's why they were conditioned to believe. A lot of young kids, a lot of people that's, you know, out there, you know, um, talking about I'm a Democrat, Democrat. It's because they raised in a house, their parents was that. Automatically, they became that without asking any question to why am I that? Because if you look at the value of people that claim that the Democrat, how they treat other people, you will have to question yourself. You understand? So you get worse treatment from them than the people that they claim that's, you know, um, all racist. And to me, it was mind blowing because I remember, I, uh, you know, I clearly remember, um, you know, um, in 1990, when the Haitian people was accused of, of um, HIV AIDS, um, you know, people didn't realize how much of an impact this thing had, you know, on us kids going to school. Heck, even some of the teachers believe it, y'all. And some of the teachers was treating us, uh, um, you know, wrong. And we didn't have nowhere to complain or to file a report. Nobody was going to believe us because we were under attack. So a lot of us had to become involved in gangs activities to create groups just to protect yourself. And those things are created, um, you know, by people that have agenda to to put division amongst people and mostly amongst black people. Because in my neighborhood, it was all black people. There wasn't no white people there. So all the races that I have felt, you know, came from people that, that look like me. So how do you expect me now, you want me to call somebody else a racist when I have not experienced it and now you want to condition me, you want to force it into me to accept this is what it is. And people need to wake up and take a look at themselves in the mirror to really see what's going on. If the word Democrat stands for the people, the party that we've been supporting, if you look at the track record, have they been really supporting you Has has the people? And these are the questions that they need to ask themselves. Yeah. And there needs to be some critical analysis, I think, across the board. And it's not just, you know, our community of black people across the world. It's it's everyone. Everyone needs to seriously have a sit down and come to Jesus talk and really say, look, let me critically analyze what exactly I'm doing in my own life. Like, is what I'm doing in my own life actually helping me move forward is what I'm doing in my life making a difference in other people's lives you know and if it's not then we really have to legitimately ask ourselves what can we do better in our lives to ensure that we have a better society that we have an, a better environment you know how can we empower people who are next to us or rely on us or listen to us, you know, and ensure that they have a way forward, you know, and how do we get over our own kind of selfish tendencies that we all have and move towards something that's bigger than us? And I think this is something that people really need to sit down and ask themselves. Because if they really sit down and ask themselves and they legitimately give this a, a real concerted effort, I think they will find that a lot of the things that they do are very, very hollow. 
and have really no meaning and that they need a significant change and a significant push for the better. So let me ask you this. What about um, when you're dealing with people that, you know, well, when you're dealing with people in the workplace, how, you know, we treat each other at the workplace? Um, well, definitely in the workplace, I, I would say that we don't treat ourselves good at all. And we, and we see this selfishness that I was just talking about appearing every single day in the workplace. You know, most people, when you think about it, you know, it's, it's almost as if we try to avoid, avoid each other as, as black people in the workplace, because we don't, um, actually come together and, you know, and want to be a full functioning unit and, and really fighting for change because we don't want to lose our jobs. And, and I get it. People are afraid to lose their jobs if, you know, they feel like they're a part of the opposition and things like that. But then at the same time, you can't then go around and then say, yeah, Black Lives Matter, you know, because if it really mattered, then you would make sure that it matters everywhere, not <laughs> just when it's convenient on Instagram or when it's convenient on Facebook or when it's convenient during a protest when you have some time off from work because of COVID. It would, it would matter every single place that you are in. It would matter, you know, in the workplace when you see that there is wrongs committed against your people and when it, it would be, it would matter when you see that there's not enough representation of your people in, in, in special places of power. You know, it would matter enough for you to go and talk to your superiors and talk to the bosses of your company and ensure that there is an actual plan in place to train, develop, and recruit in people who look like you. I was in a situation in the place where we work, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I think about it, I get very emotional and I get mad. And this is why, right? Um, at that time, my wife was going through a tough pregnancy um, where the doctor said she may not make it um, based on her condition. And, you know, with them dealing with people like her that comes, they have uh, fiber and they have heart condition. Usually the doctor said these people don't make it through. Is it that the, the baby make it through, the mother die or both die? So I was going through something like that at work, right? And I was um, put in um, in a position um, um, as a facility coordinator and in the beginning of um, 2018, we had this um, Caucasian guy that came in. You haven't met him yet because they removed him from the site. And you know, and it was the same time that I started, you know, to get in in my Christian work, um, you know, to control myself, you know, remove the bad temper, stop cursing, all these things. So I have all these things going on at once, and I don't know for some reason. The guy started attacking me, saying that the position doesn't belong to me. It belonged to another Caucasian kid that he wanted to recommend in the position. So our boss was a, well, his boss was a black woman. So when they, um, this guy that we used to work with called Mitch, he was like, hey, I think the guy is harassing you. And I don't think you know this. I think you should start reporting him because he's threatening you and he's threatening your job. And I was hesitant. And, and that's the part that really gets me mad because I know it was happening. And like you say, because I know I don't have a voice against him, I fold. I was scared of reporting him because I was scared of losing the job because of the insurance that my wife needed. So because of that, I allowed myself to get attacked. And people need to understand, you know, um, 
when you face these kind of things at work and because, you know, you don't have a voice, because once the person told you, you know, is my world against yours, you, you already know what he mean. And when I went and complained to HR, to his boss, everyone turned me down, you know, it's obvious that, you know, they know about the behavior, they know about what's going on, but nobody can do nothing for some reason. And the boss that was black, she told me there's nothing that she could do. It's best to go to HR. So I'm someone that's been working there for over 10 years, never had any problem, never have any complaint, never have nothing. For the first time I'm coming to you with a case, what's going on, instead of looking into it, you are scared to look into it because why that person that I'm complaining about is close friend with one of the CEO and you don't want to attack the, um, the complaint because you don't want your position to be uh, messed up or for you not to get your promotion or whatever the case may be. So my advice, because that's what I was told, when, you, when people are in a situation like that, Black people, um, Spanish people, whatever you are, where your word doesn't count, you have to start thinking and start recording conversation and, you know, uh, and you know, go out. You know, go out outside of the job. If HR doesn't do nothing, then go talk to an attorney. Go, go. Um, um, you know, file um, a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. Whoever you have to, and stuff. Because do not allow yourself to be attacked because you're scared. And that's what happened to me. I was so scared of losing the insurance. Not mostly for the job, for the insurance. Um, you know, I allowed myself to be attacked and I failed to report everything because I didn't want to lose the insurance. I didn't want to lose the job. And these are the kind of things that, you know, um, that happen to a lot of people at work. It's not necessarily because, you know, the job is racist. No, it's easy for the company to hire the wrong person. You know, it's easy. But if you don't complain, they won't know where the problem is and to make the change. If you complain and they fail to make the change, then that's something different. And our people need to know they don't have to allow themselves to be victimized because they're scared of losing their job, because they're scared of, you know, or whatever the case is. If someone is attacking them because of their skin color or whatever, they need to, to stand up, they need to go report it, and they need to do it right away. Don't be like me being scared for whatever reason. Yeah, they do. And they need to be empowered and they need to know, you know, how to do that. And I think that's, I think that's one of our biggest problems as a community. We don't have the commitment to really reaching out and getting the information to the people who need it most. You know, we are gross, we're grotesquely misinformed as to what is available to us. Mm. You know, what are our laws? You know, what is the system of governance in mm. our own country? And we don't, we don't know a lot of these things. When I talk to people all the time, they have absolutely no idea how to even appropriately complain. I mean, and we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, white people, you know, get away with murder. Well, let's, let's like analyze a little bit further. Let's go beyond skin deep, you know, and, and assess why they get away with murder. It's number one, yes, sometimes there could be because of financial gain. You know, there's financial privilege. But again, that's something that everyone of every color can have. It just means your money. It means that you have more access to um, you have more access to opportunities, you know, that other people would not have. You have more opportunities to pay better lawyers. You have better opportunity to uh, research and get the results that you need. Right. And this is something that's extremely important in the black community that the black community has to take notice of. Instead of 
talking so much shit about everything that white people do, we need to start doing a better job at emulating the things that work within their communities. You know, when something is wrong and they feel like they've been treated wrongly, they complain until the sun comes up. You know, Karen was created, you know, within the white community. You know, they are like so on it and they're so uh, prepared to handle that kind of question, you know, and handle any kind of opposition that comes in their way with the valuable resources that are there. Because, you know, they, they look and they research and they pull um, together and support each other to get that information that they need. And we as Black people need to really start, you know, building those coalitions and building those networks of people that actually are well-informed and understand our system to a T and can manipulate the system to a T. You know, we've done so with, you know, welfare services. We know how to manipulate that. Latinos know how to manipulate that. Poor white folks need know, know how to manipulate that. But we need to get better at, at manipulating and understanding and utilizing all of the services that we have as a country. And you know what? I, I think you're 100% right. Because, you know, when you're in this situation, you know, you, you, you don't know who to go to. You know, you don't know what, you know, you're right. Nobody is there to tell you you're right. HR is not really there to help you. HR is really there to support, uh, to protect the company. And I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, because you depend on them to do the right thing. And it turns around that, hey, they're not really here for you. So, you know, we do need to do uh, researches and we do need to know what branches of the law to go when we are being harassed at the job place um, and stuff like that, where, where people are, you know, uh, picking on you, whatever the case may be. If your job is not doing anything about it, we do have to know where to go outside of the job to get the help that we need and get government um, to interfere with what's going on. Um, because with me, luckily, I had um, a few lawyer friends that I explained the situation to. They were able to help me and tell me, you know, what to do and where to go and stuff like that. But if it had not been for that, you know, if I didn't ask questions, you know, um, explain to people what was going on, I probably wouldn't know anything, and I probably, you know, who knows what you know what could have ha um, happened now. So um, we do need to know. I think um, our next recording, I'm going to get the link that they had gave me, um, where um, there's um, I forgot the name. I think CD, CD something in New Jersey. If you are being harassed at the job site and you file a complaint, they ignore you. You file a complaint with them. The um, the state, I know, it's from the federal. The federal then will step in to do an uh, um, um, an F, um, investigation to find out what is going on and why um, that person complaint was um, ignored. And I think it's um, I need, I'm gonna get the information so I could, you know, put it in the next um, broadcast so people could know what to do. Um, in case, you know, they face a situation like that at work where they feel like their managers are, are harassing them and they're scared to file a complaint, there's other places where we could go and file complaints. Yeah, and and, and I agree, and that's definitely one, uh, one scenario that we have to focus on, you know, how to actually, you know, get something passed through at work in, in the companies that we work for, you know, so that there's free and equitable treatment. You know, and another thing could be, how do we understand the law? You know, what's our legal rights in, in the states that we live in? And how do we ensure that we have everything in place and we have a standard plan in place for how to address um, an infringement on our rights? And, you know, there's so many, there's so many different areas. I mean, how to create a business plan you know, an effective business plan that you can then market to investors to invest into a business idea, you know, how to trademark your ideas. You know, there are so many different things that we can share, 
you know, and, and add to the collective group of, of the Black community um, that we just don't do on a regular basis because the majority of us, you know, just really focus on ourselves. And myself is, myself is included in that. You know, I'm not disregarding myself because even, you know, when I'm learning something, you know, I'm not spreading, you know, knowledge that I can spread to other people within our community. You know, I'm not going out to the inner cities and saying, hey, let me help you, you know, know how to write a resume or let me let you know how to, you know, learn a new language, you know, so you can get ahead. I'm not doing any of these things, you know, and I'm not, you know, sitting here pretending that I am doing those things. You know, but again, that's why I started this conversation by saying we really all have to have a come to Jesus talk and really say, you know, what are we doing? You know, are we doing something that's effective? You know, are we doing something that's helping the people, you know, who are in our communities? You know, do I want to help people who are in our communities or do I just want to be into myself? But we nevertheless really have to have these hard conversations and we start to do something if we truly feel in our heart of hearts that we want to make something happen. Well, you know, I think me and you we took the first step because before this whole thing happened, it, this was our plan and our goal. <laughs> and unfortunately, COVID happened and put a, a stop into it. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, uh, me and you, um, you know, our, our, our um, objective in the beginning was, you know, focus on that in the community and, you know, what we can we do um, to help them get the, um, you know, the experience or the knowledge that they needed to do what they wanted to do. And I think, you know, it's still our focus. Um, one things, once things get back to normal, and stuff, and you know, this is hopefully where we, I hope that we will continue to do uh, and and do it for them. Um, you know, me, I, I always try. You know, I, I'm always looking for the next great thing. Like I, I, I always put myself out there, regardless if someone take advantage of me or not. Um, I always pray to, you know, to overcome. You know what the person did wrong to me to continue to move on. So that way I don't close the door just because someone hurt me and I close the door saying that, oh, I'm not going to trust nobody else and, you know, um, not, you know, leave an open room to have a conversation with someone else to see where they are or where they might, uh, might be, where, you know, we could learn from each other and do something positive. So in businesses, I've been taking a lot of uh, advantage of, uh, you know, um, you know, with people. But the thing is, I still have to move forward. I'm not going to let that set me back or hold me back because there are people out there, that's all they're looking to do is to take advantage of other people. But there are people out there also that's really looking for the chance and opportunity for someone to give them a chance or someone to help them out with the business that they're doing for them to move forward. And because I know there are people out there that really want the help, so I keep going forward. So in my process, I was able to help a lot of people. Yes, I got hurt a lot. I lost a lot of money, but I did help a lot of people, and a lot of people become successful um, because of help that I gave them. And to me, that's the blessing because they made it, and they left the door open for to help somebody else. So... That's the whole. That's the whole uh, purpose. If if I have a house, someone needs a place to sleep for a night or two. Why not give them a place to sleep for a night or two until they find a, a job and get back on their foot? And this is the way that we need to start thinking of helping one another. You know, we need to stop closing the door because we get hurt in the past. We need to let the past go. And you know, always pray that it doesn't happen again, but keep moving forward and helping as much people as possible. And and, and that's how we're gonna make a difference um, in the world. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. You know, and there's, there's, you know, and it's really focusing on those kind of smaller gestures, like you mentioned, that are really gonna catapult us forward. 
you know, and, and people have to realize and understand that, you know, you don't have to make huge incremental changes or I mean, huge changes, you know, to, to, you know, play a, play a role and, you know, be important, you know, to what you do. And that's, you know, and that's, that's, that's what, you know, you really have to kind of keep in mind and um, consider most importantly. Um, and, you know, I think it's just listening to people and being there for people and just making sure that you have everything in place that you need um, to be completely, you know, confident in your own personal convictions and be a hundred percent good yourself. And then once you have that, you can really make a difference in someone else's life, you know, because it's also very hard for people to, um, it's very hard for people to try and, you know, support other people when, you know, they don't have a solid foundation and they're not really confident in themselves and they're not really ready to have a truly independent mindset. Yeah. Um, it- it is. Let me ask you a question. Um, how do you feel with a lazy co-worker that takes advantage of the work that they're supposed to be doing in the workplace, you know, and you don't want to complain because, you know, you don't want no one to lose their job, but at the same time, their laziness is affecting you because you have to always cover for them and do their work while you're doing yours. Well, that's a tough part. And that's definitely something I feel like we need to, um, you know, that comes to communication skill sets. And we really have to be able to, you know, have real conversations with people. I think, you know, so many people are, um, so many people are like so concerned about, you know, what, um, they can do, you know, or, 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 you know, so concerned about, you know, how they, you know, how someone affects them and how much they want to talk so much shit about them. But a lot of people don't really want to talk about how they can move forward and how they can make some compromise and make some consensus, um, with each other. And I think just being completely transparent with each other and, 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 committing yourself to making a solution regardless of how strange you feel about it, you know, is really important. Like, especially you see people all the time on the liberal side saying we need to start having uh, difficult conversations, but the majority, the vast majority of these people don't want to have those difficult conversations because at the first chance they get, they're ready to pummel the person that they're trying to talk to and solve the conflict with. So you'll never be able to advance the agenda and you can never really talk about real hard button issues if you don't give the person you're fighting with a chance to actually express themselves. And you, and if you don't actually come into the debate and the discussion with a good faith um, consensus that you wanna make an actual compromise. Yep. And, you know, I, um, I agree with that. Yeah, I think so many of us are so trapped in this thing. And this is something else that's, you know, we get trapped into. We're so trapped into being right all the time. You know, we want to be right. You know, our word is law. You know, and that's, again, on both sides, conservative or liberal. You know, everybody wants to be right. But the question, what? but the true answer to the equation is that there are many different ways to get the same outcome, you know, and there are many different ways to look at a problem or look at a solution. And, you know, people have to realize that and understand that, you know, there are many different ways to, to solve a problem. You know, it may not be, you know, be the way that you're putting forward and the way that you think is the most morally sound and ground. It may be something that, you know, sucks for both sides, but it, it at the very least creates some kind of equilibrium and some peace, you know, but 
within this culture that we have of everyone needing to be right and everyone needing to be heard and 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 and, and just followed well you know without um without denial or without opposition it's killing us as a nation you know as, as a community you know there's a a few movie uh, stars that had said something that makes a lot of sense, right? I think it was um, Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington and Charles Barkley, right? They had asked them the question, uh, do they believe um, racism exists? They say, no, I don't believe racism exists because it exists now because you question me, you questioning me about it. If you stop talking about it, it doesn't exist. And I thought it was very um, thoughtful the way they put it, because if you keep going back in the past and you keep focusing on what happened in the past, how can you move forward? How can you focus on what's important in your life? How can you give yourself a chance if your mind is stuck in the past? Can we change the past? No, we can't change the past. So the um the best thing to do is to acknowledge the past but moving forward acknowledging the past is just okay i'm not um acknowledging it so history doesn't repeat itself with me but at the same time i'm moving forward to better myself and my family and as much you know the media wants to you know um use people to give different messages it was amazing that these guys give these perfect answers and nobody wants to talk about it mm -hmm. yep nobody wants to say anything about it and and you know to me it's like okay how do you focus how do you have your people to move forward you know um, the NBA stars is not always going to give you when someone died in the street. Um, the uh, the rich people, are, are, you know, they're not always going to be there to bail you out, you know, when you get arrested um, in those riots. Um, and at the end of the day, they have all the money that they need. They're not the ones that are being arrested. It's not going to affect them or the record. It's only going to affect you and your record. So, you know, how do you move forward? You know, how do you put yourself in a position, you know, for these things to happen? Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone and he told me something um, and I said, yeah, and this is what we need to educate our kid on. If a cop stops you and your attitude is, why you stop me, man? I, I didn't do nothing and your voice is already up you already have a high temper. Of course, the cops is going to get scared because now your temper is up. You, you have a high style um, uh, um, with you that, you know, you're not following instruction, this and that. And, you know, the first thing that they're going to see is to defend themselves. But if you calm yourself, you deal with the problem, doesn't mean that the cop is not racist or not. But what it means is, you know, you could be civil within the situation. And if the cops did something that was out of line, go to the prison and file a report. They may not do anything about it, but guess what? There will be a report and file that this particular officer, people had complained about them and about their behavior, and the police department failed to do so. We need to educate our children you cannot fight with someone that have a gun in their hand. You will always lose that fight. It doesn't matter if it was a cop, if it was a hoodlum, if it was a robbery um, that went wrong or someone break into your house. The minute that that person have a gun, you don't have one in your hand, guess what's going to happen? You're always going to be the victim. So you need to calm the situation down. You need to learn how to calm the situation and deal with it professionally. And if you have to go and file a report, or if you have to allow yourself to get robbed and then go to the police station to say, I was robbed, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to be ashamed of that you were robbed. You were robbed, you were robbed, big deal. File the report. 
and deal with it the right way, at least you will live to see another day. Yeah, and then the same thing applies when, you know, police stops, you know, just it just helps to comply and, you know, and do what you can to make sure that you stay alive for another day. And to, as you said before, within the workplace, to always record and make sure that you have some kind of evidence to show, you know, that you are complying and you're doing what needs to be done. Um, and then you can always address that later and always file a complaint later um, and bringing it up bring it up the chain until, you know, the issue is, is addressed. Um, and what I would say is that as a government, you know, state governments and local governments have the big uh, burden on this um, to make a system in, in place where people's concerns and legitimate concerns can actually really be heard. Um, because we do realize that there is an issue with the, with a big blue wall scenario. Oh yeah. And we know that, you know, cops protect each other. It is a fraternity in a sense. Um, it's, it's not something that's new. And, and we need to do our very best to curtail that and ensure that um, it's not allowed to, to flourish because police officers have to be held to the same account um, that citizens are, are held uh, to account for. Um, there are, they are, after all, American citizens like the rest of us. Yes, they, they give up their lives and they protect us and that warrants our respect. Um, but police officers also in that same token need to show respect um, to the American people um, because we are sovereign in all ways, regardless of skin color, religion, creed, whatever. Um, and I think more needs to be done to actually address um, PTSD and shell shock. You know, we vibrantly talk about all of the assistance that's needed in the PTSD market, you know, from military officials. Um, but we very rarely fail to talk about, you know, the potentiality for PTSD um, within the police departments. You know, they see some very brutal stuff on a daily basis. Um, and people have a tendency to forget all of the brutal, horrendous stuff that they see on a regular basis. And a lot of that is a recipe for PTSD. A lot of that is a recipe for, you know, shell shock or gun shock or, you know, slippery trigger, you know, because they come across so much horrible, horrible things. You know, they're paid to see the worst of the worst in our society on a daily basis. Um, and I think we need to do a better job as a community to also understand that and not just understand that, but also figure out how we can move forward. Um, and how we can ensure that we're minimizing to the very best degree um, people being shell-shocked or trigger-happy or um, having results from PTSD. You know, and you're 100% right. And I think one of the problems is with the police department. I had a friend that uh, he was a police officer in New York. He resigned because he filed a complaint about his fellow officer that's abusing his power, and he was punished forward for filing the complaint against one of their own. Um, and, and these are things that, you know, um, the police department um, have to address. You cannot punish an officer for filing a complaint with things that another officer is doing wrong because what, you know, you allowing the bad behavior to go on and not only you allowing, you forcing other people that doesn't want to play part of it to stay silenced or play part of it. And, you know, and, 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 and the whole system, right? When you go in front of a judge, um, when I have to go in front of a judge pretty soon, um, you know, I, I was stopped for no reason and I was given a ticket for absolutely no reason, right? And the, the, the um, lawyers, um, that um, defenders told me, oh, here's what we're going to do. You're not going to get no point, nothing. You just pay the fine. Um, it will be the best solution for you, and then everything will be over. And I'm like, hold up, but I didn't do nothing wrong. Um, trust me, it's the best we could do for you right now. If you take it to trial, you will get points in your license. You will. And I told the lady, listen. I, listen, I will rather you take my whole license away where I have to take the bus to work. I am not pleading guilty for something that I did not do. I will. I want to go to court. I want to go to trial. 
And, um, and I said, regardless, if it's my word against the cop and the judge is going to believe the cop, let it be. But um, you're not going to force me to plead for something that I did not do. And this is how the system is structured. Sometimes you have to go to work, you go to court, they take your whole day. And some people don't want to go through that. And they just sign whatever and they just agree to whatever just to walk out of there. And 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 and, and this is how it is, you know, you they take advantage of you, of your situation, because they know you have to be at work. They know you don't want to be inside of the courtroom the whole day. So they give you those shady deals and you agree to it. And you don't understand when you're agreeing to it, you're giving your right away to fight for your own justice. And believe it or not, a judge himself, after I finished for one of those cases, he came to me, he said, yo, I'm very happy that you stood up for your right. Um, even though it didn't go the way you planned, you know, but at least, you know, you exercise your right. We have to exercise our right in the courtroom. You know, if you know you didn't do nothing wrong, regardless, you're going to pay the money, fight for your right. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you have to keep your, you know, personal convictions up and really have to be able to kind of band together, you know, and create coalitions of people who have shared experience. So, you know, things can be, you know, shedded light. You know, we can shed light on things that are really important um, and are, and, you know, not just in our communities, but, you know, everywhere, you know, in general. And um, in all facets of her life, you know, whether that's the work environment, the local communities, et cetera. Um, the point is, is that we have to become active. We have to start asking ourselves the tough questions. Um, we have to start holding ourselves accountable first um, and really making a concerted effort for first, um, you know, to be all and do all that we can, you know, as a people and work together to um you know make common sense decisions you know that work for the whole and so, do you have any final thoughts on that well no um, um i agree um you know we do have to look at ourselves uh we do have to you know look at our situation and how we could change our situation and, and change our environment um and before we start putting fingers in other people, um, because at the end of the day, we are responsible for ourselves. The government is there, you know, to support us and to give us protection. That's that's their main role. But you know, we cannot depend on government to do anything for us because the reality is it's not going to happen. Um, you know, we need to be responsible and we need to take charge of our lives and we need to, you know, train our kids, raise our kids the right way and start running around, having babies all over the place, do the right thing to our kids, to our people, so they could have a better chance for the next generation that's coming up. And we need to start doing it now because we already see what's happening around the world, how people are being manipulated. We're not waiting for the whole story to come out. We're just jumping in every little thing that they tell us. You know, we, we need to do a better job. We need to educate ourselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're certainly, you know, making some segue. People are starting to wake up and realize that. I think it just needs to be an evolution towards, you know, let's let's really make a concerted effort to really make some real change the best way we can. Um, but also think really critically about, you know, who that who is the enemy we're looking at here and look deep and and, and discover who is that enemy. And and I think we'll find that, you know, we are our own worst enemy and you know, there's a lot that we can do together as a community and things, you know, like a lot of the things that I mentioned to move forward as a people. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the first step is having complete and total utter confidence in ourselves and having an unshakable self-conviction um, that we can and will do anything and everything that it takes to be successful and take the most out of this country. Um, but with that, we've come up on to our hour for the podcast. Um, and, 
you know, I really enjoyed this conversation as always. Um, I hope all of you did at home as well. Um, as always, you can reach out to us on social media. You can search us up by our names, um, Gregory Victorin um, and Brandon Wang. Um, and you can also email us um, at our uh, New Black Nation email addresses at gvictorin, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-N, at mbnusa.com or bwang at mbnusa.com. Um, we look forward to hearing from you um, and we hope you tune in for our next episode of our season two podcast of New Black Nation. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and happy Labor Day from all of us. Thank you. Bye.